them in their darkness or in their, in their time of, of difficulty. And, and God, I just say, say it like this, the key to have everything uh, that God wants for you is to believe. That's, that's not very hard, is it? You don't have to have the money to pay for it. You don't have to have the good looks to deserve it. I don't know what that would matter. That doesn't matter anything, does it? You don't have to be a certain race. You don't have to be, uh, you, you don't have to be uh, any, any certain gift or talent. You just got to be willing to believe. If you believe, God, that's the key that opens a relationship with God. And through that relationship with God, if you'll keep believing, God will show you His will and His, His plan for your life. Uh, I wonder how many people there are who live without hope because they won't believe. You know, the, the scripture I was telling you about just last Sunday that, uh, that the Lord, actually it was a, the last couple Sundays that we, I think we've spoken about this a little bit during the prayer time of the service, that the Lord says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And then it goes on to say, and the peace that passes understanding will fill your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. That, that, that's a wonderful, wonderful gift. Every time you get anxious, instead of having hope, instead of, instead of having hopelessness, you can choose to have hope by believing that God is big enough to help me with this. God is, God is caring enough to listen as I pour my heart out to Him about this. He, he, this is how He tells me to do it, with prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. That's a good thing to hear. Along with, along with prayer and supplication. In other words, don't just beg, thank Him. Thank Him. That, that, that takes a little faith to thank Him before it happens. So let, let, let your heart, let your believing be expressed in gratitude. That gra thank you, Lord, that you're big enough. Thank you that you're near enough, that you care enough. Thank you, Lord, that, that, you're, that you told me to do this. And I have hope that I can be free from all my anxiety when I put this in your hands and I believe you're big enough to handle it. And I believe that you're, that, you're, that you're faithful to your word and that not only you're, you're able, but you're willing and that you'll help me work this out. And you can have hope, but you see, it's unbelief that won't let you do what that scripture told you to do. Isn't it? It's unbelief. It says, no, I, I, I just want to, I, I want to figure this out myself. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe if I just worry about it a little bit longer, it'll go away. Uh, I, I, I got to, here, here's a question. How often did Jesus call on us to believe? How many ways did he say it? I think that might have been where this sermon kind of erupted from. How, I kept running across. I love to read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are my favorite books to read. I just love reading the words in red. I love adding the book of Acts with it because that's mainly a continuation of, of the story of uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and um, I, love, I love the rest of the Bible too, but man, I, my favorite place to turn is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because I, I see Jesus saying over and over and over, telling me to believe. Yeah. 
I'm just going to share some of those scriptures with you. Mark, the ninth chapter, there, there was a, a Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration with a few of his disciples that had been there with him. And uh, th there was a, a boy there that ha was demon possessed. And uh, a father had brought that boy to Jesus and the disciples. Of course, the, Jesus was up on the mountain, but he, and he, he asked the disciples to cast this demon out of this boy and uh, out of his son. And so far they hadn't been able to. And uh, Jesus said, bring me the boy. And, and he did. And, and he, he cast the demon out of the boy. And uh, the boy was completely well. And, and, and the father uh, was, uh, well, one of the things the father said to him, if you will, if, if, you, if you can, will you help us? That's what, that, that's what the father asked Jesus. And... Uh, uh, Well, here's what it says in, in verse 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. I, I don't think he meant that word just to be for that man. Do you? I think he knew he was speaking that into the New Testament. And by speaking it into the New Testament, by the Holy Spirit's enablement, he'll speak it into your heart. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father cried out. And th this, is, this, is, this, is, this is like us. The father cried out, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help me get rid of my unbelief. Help me get rid of those extra thoughts in my head that are, that, that are putting just big question marks instead of, instead of absolute exclamation points and, and, and make it bold and make it, you know, make it sure. Yeah, every, I, Lord, I want to get to the place where there is no unbelief in my heart. I do want to believe. Help my unbelief. Well, that prayer was enough for Jesus, and, and he, did, he did what he, what he could, uh, what he knew, that what they all knew he could do and what he, what he did. He'll do for all of us the same thing. Another place that he, that he spoke about faith, belief, I, there's no way I can cover anywhere near all of them. There, there's so many of them that I, I just can give you a little sampling of how many times he said, it all depends on believing, believing. Well, John 3, 16, have, have you ever heard that one? Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 6, verse 29. I love the, ch the chapters 5 and 6 of John. Uh, the, the, there, they, there were people who came following him, and, and they, they were acting like they were going to be big fans, big followers, you know, and really kind of become disciples. And he told them, you're just following me because I multiplied the loaves and fishes. You're just following me for the food and the free meals. And... Uh, he read their mail, I'm telling you, he read their mail. And, and, they, and they, you know, they, they, had to, they discussed with him, you know, who, who he was. And he said something really strong. He said, if you don't eat my body and drink my blood, then you have no part with me. And that just caused a whole lot of them just to want to walk away. Because he was talking about communion. He was talking about what, we're, what the church age was going to be filled with people who were, who were eating that that, that in remembrance of his broken body and his, uh, the blood that sealed the covenant between us and God, as, as you're, you are familiar with. Uh, but, but this is what he said to them, uh, or when, when they asked him the question, okay, 
if that, what, what is it God wants of us? Would you tell us what God wants? What work does He want from us? What does God want us to do? That left the message wide open because really they, they were looking for uh, uh, some religion. That's what they were looking for. Religion finds a, 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 a way to, that God will accept us if we'll do this and this and this. But this, this is what he said. This is, this is the answer God gave him, that, that he, he gave them. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. That you believe in him whom he sent. That, that's so powerful, isn't it? Now, is that saying that that's the answer he's always going to give? Well, certainly every one of us that, that uh, are going to get in a relationship with God are going to get in that relation by believing in the one he sent. It's, it's Jesus that atoned for our, our salvation. He's the gateway to God. He's the door of the sheepfold. And it's through Him, by believing in Him, that we have a relationship with God. But what does God want to, what work does He want us to do? A lot more than just that. That's just the starting place. That's the beginning place. You're not even going to get to begin until you place your faith in Jesus, until you really absolutely uh, lose finding, you, you, you put away trying to find a Savior in anything else, trying to find a Savior in yourself, trying to, trying to find, when, you sat, when you're satisfied, your soul is satisfied, I have found living water, I have found true life, I have, I have found peace with God, I have found hope, and, and, and you found it all in Jesus. That's when your belief is you're doing what God wants most for people to do. Believe in the one that I sent. Believe in the son that I sent. You know, I, I, I realize that it's unusual to hear a sermon on believing when, when you've been Christians for a long time. That seems a little bit like a, a preacher almost wants to say, well, this is too elementary. This is, this is not going to, uh, this, is, this is not going to be, it's not going to challenge them to something new. Uh, that's just human reasoning that says things like that. But, but here, this, this verse is what the Lord confirmed to me. You preach this. And you, and you just be bold about it because we all need to hear it. This, this is the story. John, the 16th chapter, when uh, uh, his disciples said to him, now you're speaking plainly, using no figure of speech. Now we're sure that you know all these things. This is John, the 16th chapter is in those those hours that Jesus spent with his disciples, all the way from John 13, all the way to John 17, that, that they, in, they were, he spent several hours with his disciples. That's when he established communion. On the evening, just before he'd be arrested in Gethsemane, and the next day he'd be on the cross. Next morning he'd be on the cross. But he spent that, that time with them. And, and during that time with them, he, something he said just felt like lights came on in their head. And this is how, that's how they responded. So now you're speaking plainly. You're not using figures of speech. Now we're sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. This is, this is amazing that they're saying these things after they've been following him and watching him do miracles for three years. But, but this we believe that you, uh, he said, by this, now what, what you've said to us, we believe that you came forth from God. And Jesus answered them, do you now believe? I think, I think he might have been saying, in one way, it's about time. That's a, I'm glad, I'm, hey, welcome aboard. 
I was kind of hoping you were there three years ago at the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew, I was hoping you were, you were, you were there when I called you away from the tax collector's booth and, had you, and invited you to become my disciple. Peter and Andrew, I, 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 when I bid you out of the fishing industry and told you to come and I'd make you fishers of men, I thought, really, you believe. But see, there was something short about their belief. They admitted it themselves. Right. They had a belief that, was, that still entertained doubts once in a while. It still, it still was a limited belief. Yeah. And God wants us to have an absolutely unlimited yeah. belief in Him. Yeah. Maybe, this, maybe this one thing keeps getting in our way. We tend to believe what we can see. Seeing is believing. Right. And we don't get to see. The Lord hasn't shown us himself, uh, um, has any, any of you ever seen God? I, I, don't, I don't know. I've never met anybody that says they've seen God that I, that I know of. I've heard people say, I've heard an audible, him, him speak to me in an audible voice. But I haven't ever known anybody that's seen him. But can't we get by? What if we were blind and he was standing right in front of us, you still wouldn't see him? See, we can believe without seeing. Yeah. He commended them when he was resurrected. And you remember he allowed his disciples to come and look into his hands and see, the, see that where, where the nails had been in his hands. And, 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 and reach into my side, Thomas. Reach into my side and, and see where the, nail, where, where the spirit, where, where I was pierced uh, on, on the cross. And, and, that's, and, and uh, he said, because Thomas said immediately when he did that, you, yes, you are the Christ. Yes, you are the Christ. And Jesus said, blessed are you because you believe, but blessed are those who haven't seen and yet believe. And he's speaking to you and me. And he's inviting us to be among those who have never seen with our eyes, but we believe the same as if we had. We believe the same because we believe what he said about himself in this word. Because he's, he's preserved this word. You know, th there have been tyrants, there have been kings who said they were going to rid the earth of the, of the Bible because it was, it was a, uh, a bother to them and they didn't want people worshiping anything else but them or what they said was a God. And that, that's the enemy who is really behind them to try to exterminate uh, every page of the Bible, burn every bit of it at the very last Bible. It's never happened, has it? Why has it never happened? Why do we still have this? You can call it ancient because it talks about the creation of the world and, and it gives information about it even before that. I mean, this, it, it, it certainly is, it, it's, it's not as ancient as the things that it teaches you about. Because the one who, who was there in those ancient days, the ancient of days himself, was the one who authored this book and he gave it to us. If we will just be simple enough and, and trusting enough to open it up and read it with faith, we'll get to know Him the same as if we could see Him. And we know this, like Job said, one of these days I'm going to see Him. I'm going to see my Redeemer. And, and, and the Scriptures tell us in, that, that in several places, we're going to see Him, we're going to be like Him as He is. When we, when we get, get to see, I believe I'm going to see the Lord. And I, I don't want to believe any more then than I do now. I want to believe just as much now as I'm going to believe then. Because I think a lot of the things He offered us, He didn't intend for us to wait till we get to heaven to have peace. Yeah. 
He didn't, he didn't intend to us to wait till we get to heaven to, to quit worrying and, and, and to know that He's more than able to meet F, with every problem we have and every need we have. He wants us to enjoy right here and right now by doing what those disciples finally said they did. Now we believe. Now we believe. Wow. So unapologetically, I'm, I'm challenging you to believe and get rid of any unbelief that's remaining in your heart and your mind so that you don't have to do without anything God wants for you. I, I, I like football. I love football season. I love um, the Hilton Bulldogs playing the Wilson Eagles. <laughs> I think that's what it was when I was a kid. And uh, I loved it then. I love to watch it now. Not just football, but every team sport. People that are really good at it. I love watching the World Series because, man, they, they play defense so well. And they, it's just interesting to watch somebody that's really honed their skill. You know, they've really gotten something good at it because they've, they've mastered the fundamentals. They do, it, they do it the way it's supposed to be done. And, and, uh, and, and, and it's those teams that win. The, the one who masters the fundamentals that got good at the fundamentals, that's the ones who win. The Christians who get good at believing are the churches that win. Because our faith level as a church is very well known to God. It's very well known to God. He sees it all the time while we're assembled and while we're not assembled. He sees it in every one of us. Every one of us are a factor in, in the church to which we belong and, and which we, we call home. We, we are a contributor to the faith level of that church, not just while we're at church, but all week long. Our level of faith rises as a church when the people in the church decide we're going to get good at believing. Why don't we get good at that? It's definitely a fundamental. You, you wouldn't argue that, would you? It's definitely a basic. It's a fundamental. And, and I, I, can, I can teach myself to be good by bringing under arrest thoughts that disagree with faith. Thoughts that are doubtful. You know, I, I don't like to hear uh, negative things come out of my mouth. Now, I'm, what I'm saying is I, I don't, I, if I have to complain, if I tell Marsha I have a headache and I, 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 you know, I, I'm suffering with a headache this morning or whatever. And I, I'm not, it's not that I don't ever, ever acknowledge reality and stuff like that. But I just don't want to, I don't want to go on lamenting as if there's no solution to problems. Right. I just don't want to be, I don't want to live there. I, and and I, I think the Lord has helped my faith to grow uh, some over the years. But I want to I get better. I want to play on a World Series team, a World Series church. I, I want to play on a Super Bowl uh, team that, uh, that, that assembles together. And, and we live in faith. We, are, we, we really mastered this basic fundamental, and we will not tolerate unbelief in our heart. Lord, show us. Lord, make it show up in us. Make, make, us, make us hate seeing or feeling or, or entertaining any thought of unbelief. Because we don't want to do without I don't want to have to do without for a year during one of the most exciting events of my whole life, and I couldn't talk about it. I don't want that to happen to me. I, I, want, I want to be full of faith. I want to be full of, of confidence in everything He said in His Word. I, I, I just know that, that, that as I choose to hear what He said and then do it, that's when I'm building my house on a rock. 
Well, I'm not going to do it unless I have faith in it. The only way I'm going to do it, the only way I'm going to practice it, uh, if, if, I, if I'm going to, if I see in the Bible that the Lord said, I was, I was doing the Lord's Prayer this morning, and I, and I don't know why, I just, I, I had some time, and I just was, I just started in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it's already being done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us as we forgive those who trespass. Well, forgive us. But better than that, please. Better than as we forgive others. Please don't forgive us just as we are forgiving others. But that's not how Jesus taught us to pray. Jesus taught us to pray, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Beautiful prayer, reality prayer. But it takes faith to hear what he said. And then immediately after teaching them that prayer, he went back to the middle of the prayer and said, For if your father, if you won't forgive those that, that trespass against you, your father won't forgive you. And he's got every right not to do it. Because what does it cost you to forgive? Well, just get over your stubbornness. That's the only reason that, 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 you know, you choose to be forgiving as you want God to be toward you because he, he, the way he illustrates it in the Scripture, he's saying that what I've forgiven you of is a whole lot bigger and a whole lot more than you'll ever, ever have to forgive people for doing against you. But it's, it's you, when you believe that he said, forgive others. And, and that's going to free you from bitterness. That's going to, that's going to stop strife. You, you know, I was, I, I got to say this. I'm, I'm going to get back to that subject. If, if I forget where I am, somebody remember where I was. I, you've, you've all had pastors for many years. I have. I had, um, Ellie Staggs and, and uh, Harold Stockton and, and um, man, Willard Teague and Sam Brassfield. And I can just go on with names, Anthony Thomas. Um, through the years, I've had pastors that I was youth pastor. And then I became a, a pastor, but I always had a district superintendent as a pastor. And, and, I've, and you know what? Pastors, I, I learned after I became a pastor, I hurt people's feelings. I, I'm, I mess up sometimes. I fail them, and it, and it hurts them, and they have to forgive me as their pastor. Yeah. I don't want to ever cause, I, I don't want to ever cause somebody to stumble. I don't want to ever fail, mess up, do something. I, I, I said something wrong in conversation with them. I, I treated a matter insensitively or, or whatever, or, uh, you know, you, we're just human. Every human offends other people. Yeah. Every human offends other people. And every human gets offended by other people. Yeah. It just happens. That's why we have country mushroom music. And, <laughs> and, 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 and every other kind of music. We, we, we talk about how are we going to get through this relationship problem that we've got. And wouldn't you agree that most relationship problems 
come down to, I'm not going to forgive that. I'm not going to forgive that. I don't know how much marriage counseling I've done over the years, and, I've, and I've, I get around to this at some point real early in the, because you're not going to stay married if you don't forgive. If, if, in fact, you ever stop, you ever let one thing be unforgiven, that thing is going to be an obstruction in the life flow of your marriage until you get it out, until you pluck it, until you, until you remove it, until you forgive. And I mean forgive. Forgive. Don't keep thinking about it. If you forgave it, why in the world would you still be thinking about it? Yeah. You, the Lord will, 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 He said He forgives and forgets. That's right. Woo! That's the kind of life wife I want. I want one that forgives and forgets. And that's the kind of husband she wants. If, if she ever did do something I needed to forgive, she'd like to know that I didn't just forgive it and still think about it every day. But she'd like to know that I forgave it and forgot it. And it's going to take a godly, godly person to be that much like God that you can forgive and forget. But I believe with all my heart that's exactly what God would like for us to do. He'd like us to be so good at forgiving that we actually forget. And we do not remember it anymore. We do not concentrate it. Somebody brings it up to you and say, I forgot about that. And you really mean it. It really happened. It, it, it just takes, it takes letting the nature of God, have I already preached, Pastor? Okay. Just making sure. Just making sure. Uh, it just takes letting God's Word get in you so much that you believe it. And the Lord said it with compassion. He said, He said, Lord, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. And, and quit, quit trying to change His prayer. Pray His prayer. And mean is prayer. I, I want you to forgive me the same as you see me forgiving other people. I, I do. I want to I be forgiving them instantly. I don't want to be dragging on and, and, and holding odd against them. And I've seen churches strife uh, over things that, uh, that, that just shouldn't be. I just shouldn't be. They're crazy. And, and we can't show the world that we really believe uh, that Jesus was the Son of God, sent from God, and He's the Lord of our life and the Lord of our church if we're fussing and fighting and feuding with each other. That just doesn't work. That doesn't represent God. And at the heart of getting along is going to be forgiving each other. And sometimes the one you've got to forgive is your pastor. Remember me telling you I got mad in the pulpit? I, I told you a few weeks ago that there, was, there, were, there were two times when I was not in the pulpit, but I was sitting on the platform and when something happened, it made me mad. See, that's just how human people are. And, and the Lord taught me not to do that because the wrath of man accomplishes not the righteousness of God. So He taught me, he taught me otherwise. But, but I'm just saying, I've failed a lot of people over the years. I've, no, there's no doubt. I've hurt a lot of people's feelings. And you've got that, those memories in your, back, in, your, in your mind, in your past, but don't hold them against your new pastor. Right. And when he, when he hurts your feelings, just forgive him. Right. Just forgive him. He's just a man. Yeah. It's all right if you tell him. If you, if you hug him while you tell him. You know, I don't go to him and, and, uh, and, and try to settle, you know, and, and try to make him say I'm sorry or something like that. He probably will do that. But, but just say, you know, it, it, it's, just, it's just a matter of, of communicating that, that, that desire that you have that the relationship would not be hindered by what happened. Right. 
by, by, well, most of the time it's a misunderstanding of some kind, but, but even when it's not, you can forgive it and you can move on and you can be embraced and the church can be, can be solidly united across every, every issue and every, every bit of strife. That, that's the absolute truth. Forgive me for anything I've done during these 12 weeks or however many it's been uh, that, that, that might, might disp- be disparaging toward the ministry because you need to have a tremendous, a tremendous respect for the ministry. Some preachers have to go and they have to follow a a pastor who's who's had a a moral breakdown or some kind of crisis in his life. I hope this church has never suffered that. I don't know that I've I've never heard that it has. But uh, but there's a lot of churches that do suffer that. And some and somebody has to go go there. And it takes years to live that down. You know why it takes years? Because we, it becomes a representation of the ministry, and people are reminded how human people in ministry are. Let me tell you, we're just as human as anybody else in the church, but we're striving to, to, to have a faith that's, that's so convinced that God wants to use us that we'll, be, we'll dare to step out in front, and we'll dare to let God speak through us and love through us and heal through us, and, and the same thing He wants to do through everybody else so that, so that God can make the church function. He's got to have leaders. Moses goofed. Yep. I, David goofed. Yep. And, and, uh, but here's what I, here's what I was going to say. Just, just forgive. Yeah. Just forgive. Believe God's Word enough to do what He said. Right. And you won't have to be like, like Zechariah. Remember Zechariah. He, he had, to, had to seal his lips. Might as well have had tape over his mouth for a year. Or however long it was. God didn't will that. But Gabriel was right in doing it. He said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. You don't see an angel every day. Just just believe me. But because you won't believe me, because you don't believe me, you need a sign. That's the sign you're going to have. Yeah, it was beautiful that God sent John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was just the forerunner of Jesus. And until he was, he he died a martyr's death before Jesus did. And uh, but he did it because he was faithful to everything God had told him to do. And he was living out the, the ministry. That, that, Jesus said that would be a good one to compare your ministry to. <laughs> yeah. John the Baptist. Yeah. Um, I'm running out of time and, I, and I've got a whole lot more. Would any, any of you want to come back after lunch? <laughs> just, just a joke. Just a joke. I, I'm going to close with this one illustration. Um, I have a friend named... Albert, and he told me about a friend of his named Bruce. Bruce wrote a book about uh, a Vietnamese family that he got to know after they were in the United States. They escaped uh, Saigon the day it was being taken over by, uh, by the Viet Cong. When American soldiers left, uh, we provided passage for a lot of Vietnamese families, especially officers that would, would have been killed. Um, because they stayed there, and, and uh, the story was in the book that Albert was telling me about, about this, this Vietnamese family, this, this, particularly the wife of that family, uh, who, uh, when she was a little girl, she was a little girl when that happened, and uh, she was playing in the yard, and her, and, and her dad uh, had found a, a place, uh, arrived on a ship, that they didn't know was going to come. And he said, this is my one and only chance. He told his wife, don't, don't gather anything. Just go as we are. Go get the kids. And, and we've got to get to the, 
to the port and get on that ship while, while, before it leaves. And so it's, it's our one chance to escape. And so, of course, they, they were, they were uh, uh, just th thrilled to have the opportunity. And she, the little girl was playing in the front yard. And she remembered her dad coming, saying, honey, uh, come, come, we, we, we've got to go catch a, catch a boat. She said, oh, no, I'm having fun, Daddy. Oh, no, I'm, I'm having a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm playing with my dolls. I'm playing, I've got myself uh, something fun going on here. And, and she explained to him, no, Daddy, you, you'll go without me, and I'll still be here when you get back. She didn't know what she was talking about. Yeah. And, and so her dad, of course, made her go. But she realized how wrong it was after, after looking back, you know, she'd grown up and she realized what, what she was doing. Isn't it true that a lot of people just, that they're, they're so busy with their games. They're so busy with their, with their whatever's occupying their attention and, and whatever's, whatever's, whatever they're fond of and whatever they like to be doing and whatever they, whatever it is they like to be themselves. And they're, they're so wrapped up in that that when God calls you to His escape, they don't believe Him. How could it be better than this? This, this seems to be better than me. Or, or, or at least we mix what we're, we, we've got here with what He's trying to give us. And we, we try to believe, but, but we just don't believe Him enough to let Him really pull us out of what it is we've convinced is really right. And, 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 this, and, and we, we end up with this kind of pulled in two directions. I know I lived that way for a, a few years while I, during my youth. I, I, I didn't know what, whether I want to give that up. Or, or, you know, but boy, now I look back and see what the Lord was rescuing me from. I wish I'd let him rest me completely and make me a witness on that campus and start getting students together so I can tell them what God did for me. He's wanting to do for you too. I wish I, I, wish I had been willing to believe that, that when I kid. I wish it hadn't taken decades for me to get to, to really believe. But it, it's all a choice. Yes. It's, it's a choice Jesus invites us to make because he's calling us to himself. Yes. He's calling us out of out of sin, out of darkness, out of despair, out of hopelessness, out of addiction, out of, out of living. The Bible says about it, the, the way of a transgressor is hard. We've got it figured out that the way of a Christian is hard. That's really a mess to, to be thinking of. But the Lord didn't call us into, into something that was hard. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And he, he, it's all about relationship for him. I want you to have a relationship with God. I want you to have a relationship with me. I want you to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I want you to have a relationship with the body of Christ who, who is redeemed in the blood of Jesus. And I, and I want to do something special in your life and through your life. And he rescues us. It's, a, it's an opportunity we shouldn't have to be invited the second time. We've got the opportunity of inviting people to join us. We've got the opportunity of being his voice and, and letting him speak through us, letting him love through us. You know, what if, what if every one of us were to pick one person that we're just going to really pray for for the next year, two years, we're going to... We're going we're gonna to really pray. What every one of us, there's, there's quite a few people here today. What if, what if every one of us started praying? And, and then as the Lord lays something on our heart that we can do to kind of build relationship, because and, 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 we really do love and care about that person. We're not faking. We, that's why we chose to pray. That's why we chose to pray. And, and, and maybe we'll find out they, they already have a, a, 
some, something of a relationship with God, and they just want somebody to, to share it with. And, and maybe they've got a whole lot more answers than you had any idea that they had. And, and they, they just need, maybe the Lord's drawing you into fellowship with that person, or maybe they're, they're lost, and maybe they're stuck in, and the Lord could never forgive this, stuck in, in, in some lies that the enemy's, because he's going he's gonna to do everything he can to stop you from believing. Whatever lie he has to tell you to keep you from believing, he knows if he can steal that, he can steal God, God's plan for your life. But stop believing the devil's lies. Go all on with the Lord. Not part on. All on with the Lord. All on. Lord, all, every bit of me, I, I surrender all of me. I want your will. I want to believe. I want to believe with every single thought. I want to believe with every single atom or molecule of my body, every cell of my body. I want to believe with all of me, head to toe, heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what it means to love Him with all our heart. Would you stand with me, please? Lord, you've spoken to us about something so fundamental, so basic that Surely there's nobody here who, who's never taken steps in the direction of believing. They, many of us have believed and, be, and believed for decades, but we need you to speak to us this morning to step out into the waters to swim in. Lord, to, to give up uh, some, of the, some of the reluctance that we've held on to, Lord, and, and to believe you with our whole heart and mind and strength. I pray you'll heal us, Lord. Heal us. Heal us of unbelief. Forgive us of unbelief. Deliver us from unbelief. And help us to believe you enough to do everything you admonished us to do. Everything your word teaches us to do. We want to build our life on solid rock, Lord. So help us to believe what you taught us enough to put it into action in our life. I pray it in Jesus' name. With your head still bowed, just let me ask you. Is the Lord inviting you to believe this morning? And you need to take a step out of, out of a, a place that is far from God. And you're separated from God. And you want that separation to be closed by your choosing to believe this morning. You, you, you can see that the distance between you and God is your unbelief. And you, God is dealing with you to, to turn your believing you're unbelieving into believing. God wants to, to bring you close to Him. Would you lift up your hand if, if you say, God wants to bring me close to Him and I want to choose to believe and for, my, for, for that, what, what God desires, that closeness that He desires for my life. That, you want to take a step in His direction this morning by believing, by believing, by believing. Lord, it's Your words that you've spoken to us this morning. You've spoken to us about believing. And surely every one of us, Lord, every one of us don't want don't to live without what you want to do in our life. So teach us. Teach us, Lord. Teach us. Teach us to believe. Teach us, teach us to, to cast down thoughts of unbelief and compromise and help us, Lord, to to claim the truth and claim the promises of God for ourselves. Stand upon them and, and be fearless and, 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 and full of hope and full of courage.
because you've taught us how to believe. May we get good at that, Lord. May we say yes. May we say a hearty yes to you about believing this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many believe the Lord spoke to you about this this morning? I tell you what, when, you, when you're a preacher, you get preached to first. And, and the, the version that the Lord gives the preacher takes days. It bakes on you for days. And, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm just, I'd say if, I got to retirement and there went, I went about a year without preaching. And I thought something's really missing in my life. I, I, I didn't think I would ever, I, I didn't know about it. I, I, I didn't never thought about it being preaching. But I've, I've understood now what it is, is, that, is, the, is those baking sessions. When he puts something in your heart and, and you just, you're going to have to deliver it to everybody, but the Lord just gets you through it first. He takes you through the whole experience of what you're going to preach. And, and every one of us as Christians can do that. Read the Bible as an open book, like you're a preacher, and say, God, put this in my heart and just show me what it says. Show me what you're saying. Make me... Make me eat it, <laughs> like, like, he said, like he said to one of the prophets in the Old Testament. He, he had him write down his words and eat it. <laughs> well, he, he meant something different than that physically, but, but to, to, to chew up and meditate on God's Word and let it, let it work on your heart and refine you into the, into the Christian, into the church member, and then together into the church that is a soul-saving station, a disciple-making people that are committed to what, what God's called us to do. We're, when we get to heaven, we're going to be so glad we did. Yeah. Father, thank you for your word this morning. It's true, it's true, it's true. And we pray that you'll drive it into our hearts and establish it into our lives. And everybody said amen. amen. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.